We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by Ben Wade and Simon Campbell, speaking to you after Newcastle United's 2-1 victory against Wigan Athletic yesterday. Today's show, we're going to look back through the game, see how uh, what went wrong, what went right, and how it kind of leaves us in the promotion running. Then we are going to do a short preview of the Burton game this Wednesday, and we have Burton fan on at the end of the show, as usual, to give us the fan preview. Uh, absolutely buzzing, obviously, after that very handy win for us yesterday. Uh, when Burton beat Huddersfield 1 0. So, Cy, si, I'll start with you. A good day for Newcastle United. Yeah, an excellent one. I, I, I don't know how I could be seen any other way, really. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's one of the two big wins we could get this week, which kind of pretty much puts us there. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a thrilling performance, but it was more than good enough. And yeah, three points, wasn't Yeah, and in, in the context of Huddersfield not just dropping points, but getting beat, yeah. um, you know. It's, it's it couldn't have gone much better, could it? Yeah, absolutely. I was I was really absolutely buzzing after the game. Obviously, when the um, when the Burton goal, news of the Burton goal came through, it was just like even better. I know it's it's only one more point, but it just like as you say, you don't, we haven't had many weekends like that where we've been able to celebrate a win as well as one of our rivals actually not winning and getting beat. Yeah, Ben, that's two defeats in a row now for Huddersfield. Huddersfield Twitter was going nuts um, on Friday. The fact that Benita said the the pressure was probably getting to them, <laughs> I think he's been proved emphatically right. Would you agree? Oh, I mean that that, that Bristol game, and we said at the time they got absolutely battered. And to be fair, we've been saying all along there's no chance they're going to keep up the ridiculous run they've been on. Um, you just you can't keep like nicking wins like that and and getting away with it. And I mean the the I mean obviously we haven't seen how they played against Burton, but they just they look like a team that are tired and. Um, just considering they're the ones fighting for potentially an automatic place, they just they're like the, the players didn't look that hungry. They they were the second second to every ball, and just the, some of the the goals that Bristol scored against them were just really really like bang average. And, and we've said we've been saying all along they they they've sort of flattered to deceive a bit in terms of some of the results they've pulled out. They've they've not really like the ones we've seen anyway. They've not played that that well in them. So yeah. um, well, that's the big difference between them and us, isn't it? Every game we've won, we've deserved to win. You'd even say some of the ones we've lost, we haven't really deserved to lose, but they've had a lot of points where they've probably got more than they should have done per match. Yeah, they're probably, it, it they're, shows. they're probably the opposite to us, whereas we were far superior against, you know, the likes of um, Nottingham Forest away, um, you know, QPR at home, Bristol at home, um, Birmingham away, where that's, you know, probably should be about another 12 points in terms of if we're going to get like just desserts for performances. 
whereas they they've been squeezing every single yeah. bit of potential they had and um, I think Rafa called it that Bristol game we talked about it before Ben but that Bristol game was like right they were playing first that weekend chance to put real pressure on the top two they fucked it in the most ridiculous way yeah. and then like I said I think I said this on the preview podcast on Wednesday, uh, Thursday um, essentially now they go in every game thinking we, we cannot cock up here we yeah. can't and and they failed but so that's really positive and obviously it looks like we're, we're all but there now we're, we're 10 points clear with Seven games to go. Technically, eleven, 11 points. points yeah. I haven't checked this out at all, so and I probably should have. But I read on Twitter yesterday that fourteen points guarantees promotion for Newcastle. That's presuming Huddersfield won every game. I think that yeah, that's just because they'll not be able to. Yeah, they've got well. We're on eighty-one. They are on seventy-one. So they're 71. ten behind now. They they've got eight games left, so they can get a maximum they, of 20, so 23, 24. 24 plus seventy-one. Well, the 10, the 10 plus right, 14 so is 24, 14 isn't it? points is correct. But 10 plus 14 is yeah. 24, isn't so it? So, Huddersfield will win every single game, and um, we need to get basically five, well, you know, five wins with secure, but they're not, they're not going to win every single Th- game. Maths were true faith right there. Because, as you say, the goal difference is they're not yeah. going to turn around 30 goals. And that's entirely gettable. Preston Barnsley at home. Um, Sheffield leads away, Ipswich away, Cardiff away, um, and obviously Burton, and it would be great to get the, the six points for the week. But back to the game, Si, um, you know, I think I said, I, I don't know if it was half time that I said to you, I was like, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is the idea of a Rafa Benitez side of yeah. him against a really bad team who were playing really deep. It was like, right, okay, you're going to limit us to, to chances, which they did. You're not going to offer any threat whatsoever in the first half at all, nil-nil for Wigan. Yeah. And then the quality that we had shined through after some some pushing. You know what? We had a few opportunities before that. Dwight Gale had a save at the front post, but... It was very much in the first half. I just thought, like, this is it. This is what's supposed to happen. Do you, would you agree? Yeah. yeah. Um, you, or, or, or to put you, some fans still unhappy that we don't press the issue more against the worst teams. Yeah. So, so to us, that was a, a, a textbook Rafa, Rafa's Newcastle performance. Controlled the game from start to finish. Yes. As you say, we were restricted in the number of chances we had, but we still created some very good chances and could have scored earlier. And then eventually did get the goal. And but for kind of a freak, another freak kind of error, mm. bit of luck that's cost us a goal. And Lascelles can Scott do better, but that's the only chance they had. And then we reacted very quickly and got our, got another goal. Like that's that's all we need. That's all. What's all we've needed all season? We've said it all along. There's a lot of games in the championship. You can't win them all. It's a brutal long season. Performances like that is everything. Everything you need just to take the pressure off. Yeah, and it's, three points in the bag. It's almost like that was kind of your wolves at home, um, your chef wed at home. Chef wed maybe not, but you know, like like you say, wolves at home. And Bember Hoy's one in his own net yeah. in the games killed wolves at um, chef wed at home. Were defend a really bad corner. Huddersfield at home were concede just before half time, like right on half time. Yeah. You know, when we limit these teams to the chances that we do again. I mean, I, I can't remember. Carl Dahl has pushed one over in the second half at two one. I can't remember another save he's made. It's kind of very routine for Newcastle these days. To, for the keeper just not to make a save, but for for, for some fans to kind of still be worried, like Carl yeah. Dahl has basically sat and watched that game yeah. yesterday. But so first half performance, um, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic bit of play. It was a really good goal, actually. The first goal, no one's really talked about it. You know, the build-up play was very oh, good. Was there was brilliant, five yeah. or six passes there. Anita made a really positive run, which was good to see. We criticised him recently. It was a better game yesterday. It, it was one of those. There was a few times I think where he, he had bags of space and he just he was reluctant to to utilise it and run into it and, and sort of force 
force a, a Wigan player to come in, close him down. He was just sort of handing it off, but that that was sort of the one of the few instances where he, he did sort of make make that um, sort of positive positive run, and he and, and obviously found a brilliant pass through to Diarmo, who um, had made a really good run, and then the ball from Diarmo was brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So I think the the pair of them did did really well for that, and it was the sort of probably the one of the sort of rare bits of quality that we did produce um, and obviously resulted in a goal. Um, you know, the, the, the goal for Diarmé, as for Gale, I know it's kind of positioned in terms of where you sit in the stadium, but from our position in the corner, there was nothing on. That, that, Diarmé got the ball and you're like, yes, you know, go on, yeah. shoot yeah, yeah. Or, or, or wait get or hold it up or get to the byline. Yeah. But to kind of, so maybe it was just where we were sat, but the vision to basically create an unmissable chance from yeah, where he yeah. was I certainly don't think the Wigan defence felt there was any danger if that I mean he was he was I think the position he was in the box as well as you say was I mean he was it wasn't quite that acute when he gets on the ball but it, as you say he's, he's got to pick a perfect pass to to sort of get get and put get one of our players well, yeah, yeah exactly um it yeah, was just if a that, brilliant if that ball. pass doesn't come off <laughs> the crowd go nuts yeah so he's he's taken the gamble he's he's, he's seen seen what some people probably didn't see and just picked it out perfectly. And that's the second time this season against Wigan he's kind of changed the game. Yeah. I know we should do it more, but you know, with the away game it was a great goal. Um I actually thought he was taken off on sixty. I thought Gail, Gufran and Diome were taken off relatively early for Benitez subs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um because because they were being rested for Wednesday because they're important players. Yeah. But a tweet out on the podcast like the podcast Twitter account last night saying, Well played Today, but I thought you were one of the best players. Did all the things, and the the aggressive response I received was bizarre. Not from everybody. Some people had you know disagreed or whatever, and re- their reasonable opinions to have. Mm. Some people were just like, "Nah, he's shite. He's the new shoulder." And I, you know, I made <laughs> I made the point of like, "Well, if he's the new shoulder, he's destined for a long and fruitful Newcastle career." Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I just can't I just don't get the hatred of him. I mean, like, yes, his first touch is not the best. Um, it's, it's, I mean, but I don't really, I don't really think it, it. Does it inhibit the team? I know he's. I was going to say he's that type of player. It's it's it is bizarre. Like, yes, he's not he's not the most technically like gifted player, and like some of his touches are really heavy, so that it means he's like he's he's got to fight for the second ball. But he's big enough, and he, like how many times does he does he not? He, he's constantly getting on at the end of it because he's so big. Um, like it doesn't really matter, as you say. It doesn't doesn't sort of inhibit the team in any way. Yes, there's a one or two opportunities whereby it might slow things down. But bear, bear in mind, he's playing in the number ten role. We don't usually have that many players like running past him. So you want him to hold it up. You're not using Gale as the target man. He's the man that's going to hold it up and get the midfield up front. So I, I don't. I, people criticising him and saying he's crap and all the rest of it. Like. It's just un- it's unnecessary to, to sort of single him out it's, and it's, say it's, it's shit. The when weird, he's, it's he's the not. weird use of the word lazy. Like I'm sure if you if you brought up some stats on who covers the most ground yeah. per <laughs> game for us, he'll be probably the, the top player because he he covers a hell of a lot of ground. Gale doesn't expend loads of energy closing stuff down. Diarmi certainly does. I mean, I'm not saying Gale should. Gale, you know, he picks his moments and he's, he's invariably he makes the right runs. But Diarmi is running around. He's he was coming in midfield, nicking the ball. He was doing so much work That's yesterday, true. and then he gets called lazy and lethargic. Like, I thought, I mean, so dead you, weird. Whatever your whatever your opinion of Diarmi is, I, I I can't, I just just can't agree with the analysis that he had a bad game yesterday. No. I thought he was one of our best players. Some fantastic touches to create space, like you said, Sai. Him dropping deep to nick the ball back off their midfielders was really effective and useful. And um, you know, like I'm not saying he was ten out of ten. I'm not saying he was a a great performance. I was just bemused by. 
by some of the responses. Some some perfectly legitimate and reasonable. Difference of opinions, fine. Some very aggressive and like, are you are you serious? He's fucking shit. And it's like, do you? How could you come away from a game when a guy is got got us the first goal? And think he was shit. I, yeah. I, 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 in a win as well. It's yeah, not in a like, win. It's not like it was and a, he was, yeah. you know, someone said the amount of times he cost with a cost of possession in the second half, and it's like I think he played fifteen minutes in the second yeah. half. Anyway, that was just my bit on Diame. Um, it's people reverting to type, isn't it? They've already made their opinion about Diame for whatever reason, and they just won't bend on it. I think <laughs> even we give credit where it's due. Some weeks we call we call our players like Anita. Perez. Even 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 Mitrovic, when he's had a good game, I think we've oh, been yeah. able to say that, that that he's played well and would like to see more of it. But what I don't understand is if you've decided you don't like Diame, how you can just call yesterday's performance anything other than positive and you know resulted in a win. Um, I think Perez, when he came on, was good and positive. It was one of Perez's more effective performances from the bench, and I think that's a little bit to do as well when Diame or Perez play the better they like one of them plays the better the other one has to play yeah. in order to try and force their way in um you know second half Sai, um you know we lost the goal which you've talked about the frustrating thing for me is that it came direct from a throw-in yeah actually watching it back this morning the the throw-in's like on the halfway line and it just it just gets thrown to the lad and he turns around and he's, he's yeah our whole midfield's been taken out of the game he's just <laughs> running towards our center halves in loads of space it's it's, I don't understand how we're going to be that bad at defending the throw-in. Um, not even defending the throw-in, just, just being, being in the right position. How can he all... Yeah, I mean, callback slides for it, doesn't he, which yeah. probably suggests that it was his fault. Yeah, just, just being caught out of position, basically. Not, not, you know, it's, these are really like textbook basics things, just to getting behind your man, getting in, into a line, you know, just, just being in formation for a throw-in. And we seem to get caught out time and time again. But at the end of the day, the front towards a goal... The two strikers, I think, just kind of run into each other, and one of yeah. them comes away with the ball, and then Lascelles just gets completely wrong-footed, and he just basically walks past him. <laughs> and it's a nice finish over the keeper, it, but it's a nice it came out of nothing. It's a nice finish, and I'm a massive Cordola fan, but um, and it's I can't blame him for the goal, but I, I knew that was a goal before because Darlow came out and got so low, yeah. so early. And the the problem is if he stays high, he probably just kicks it past him yeah, into the net. Yeah. But it, he did make it kind of very easy Made for the, the Wigan player. Made the strikers mind yeah, of what he but, was doing I mean, very that's, that's been ultra-critical. Um, you know, but... Like, it's a one-on-one -on -one he shouldn't have had to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ben, you know, the the reaction from when we conceded the goal, Dan Byrne had a header which he put near the corner flag and uh, there was a, a player, there was a, a chance for Wigan which didn't make the Channel 5 highlights where the, the square they, across they the face... They show anything, are But, I think, I think, would you agree that the response after they scored was very good and it was a, you know, kind of after they scored mm -hmm. and after that Dan Byrne header, that was it for Wigan. That yeah, was it, like, yeah, we, we just controlled the just game. Fresh before we, it was just the lad that knew what they had to do. I think that some of the sort of more senior players sort of took responsibility as well. I mean, you, you, Richie really came into the game. I mean, he, he was in the game all day, but you, he, like, you could see he um, had a really positive impact after that. He was sort of making sure he was... Um, sort of looking to to attack a lot more. I think um, he's always the one that's visibly reacting to anything, yeah. isn't he? Like he's just geeing up the lads, saying, "How are, let's get straight back up there and mm -hmm. score again." Like and just just he's, he's constantly looking for the ball. He's he's happy to sort of take a little bit of risk in terms of attacking positions and and sort of try and at the risk of losing the ball. He's willing to sort of take that risk to create something positive. And I think he he was sort of probably the the standout player uh, yesterday for me. Um, but he just, I think Shelby was sort of, 
trying to get forward a bit more. Um, I thought Shelby was excellent. I yeah. thought as the game went on, the more he grew into it. Yeah. And he was obviously the fact that we were winning for large parts of the game helped him because Wigan weren't able to look after him as much. Yeah. And he started, particularly kind of last half hour, he started oh. really kind of dictating proceedings. And, you know, he was, he was back to playing those balls, which, you know, very few other players could play. And, he, and he, I think, did he get played pushing at number 10? Yeah, he or like did. Or like a, a nine and a half, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, because obviously he wasn't that close to Gale, mm-hmm. but he was certainly the most forward well, attacking. Yeah, he was at the... No, when, not they, Gale um, Perez. when they brought Hayden on, it was Hayden yeah. and Colback sitting and, and Shelby was sort of pushed on to be there, sort of almost a, the the foot forward, more more further advanced one of the three, um, which it is a role he's played before. And I think he, he's, he's obviously got all the tools to play that, that uh, role. With his, his range of passing, and um, I mean, obviously, he didn't get too much time in that because I think they, they took uh, Gale off fairly quickly after that. But I've got no doubt, had they've sort of remained in that, the space we were getting in the second half, we probably could have got three or four. We we'll probably would have got three or four if it was for the referee side, do you agree? Just hilarious refereeing again. From... He just didn't seem to want to blow the whistle for anything, did he? I mean, I'm all for like keeping the game flowing and that, but hmm. you know, sometimes it's just a foul and you've got to blow the whistle. Yeah, um, like, definite penalty on Richie. I, I, I didn't see the handball. I, I, there was a bit of a shout, but he just there's loads of little niggly fouls where he was just like just, just trying to be. I don't know what what the word is like. It's it's a Mike Dean kind of complex of just like wanting to to kind of go no no, I'm not giving it. Like just being being awkward for the sake of awkward. Like just give the free kick. No one will no one will say anything. But you, you you're giving people some some fuel to kind of have a go at you by. Just being so so stubborn. There were three bits for me from the referee, which which confirmed to me he shouldn't be refereeing at this level. Number one in the first half, the ball went out in front of the east stand. Out the referee raised his flag. The linesman. Ball, li- linesman raised his flag. The ball's out of play. After that, there was a slight trip from Richie on someone, and he gave a free kick. And it's like no, no, the ball <laughs> is the ball is dead. Yeah. And the the like, I watched the linesman really kind of like slowly put his flag down. Just like, is it like, what the hell is going on here? How can you give a free kick? Uh-oh. So he's like, he's seen the linesman. He's, he's like, he kind of doesn't understand the basic rules of the game, but we'll bypass that one because it didn't really affect anything. Then you've got um, the Richie penalty, which I said to you, Ben, I actually didn't think it was a penalty because it appeared so blatant that if he hasn't given it, it must be a dice. No, you said yeah. that you said that twice in the game. I can't yeah. remember what the other point was, but you said it was twice. There were, I think it was well, a tr- it's either a yellow card yeah, or, or it was the Shelby one, wasn't it? Yeah, Shelby, Shelby took, have a too far, I think that one was a bit of a dive. Um, <laughs> but, but the referee memory, needs to but, call it as a dive or yeah. give a pen. It's not neither. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but the the Richie one we've seen the pictures now was definitely one hundred percent a penalty. How the referee and the linesman mm-hmm. have failed to give that is is ridiculous. And then you had Shelby breaking kind of not through one on one, but getting there. Yeah. And you've got a player just Dan literally Byrne, just just wrestling him, tugging <laughs> him back. Dan Byrne like looks back to the ref who says play yeah, on. Yeah. So then, then he takes it up another notch and basically <laughs> just holds him over like. Absolutely farcical <laughs> refereeing at this level. If it wasn't for the fucking referees, we'd been promoted in January. Uh, yeah. Someone said that, didn't they? Yeah. Um, tweet. Anyone else, lads, from this game who caught who caught your eye? It was good to see Gail back. Although he had that, he had the header sigh mm-hmm. in the first half, but I thought he was making lots and lots of intelligent runs. Do you think it was the right move by Rafa to, to take him off when he did pretty early on, or do you've kept him on for? Yeah, he still doesn't look fully fit. I know mean, he's had the international break now to kind of get back to where he wants to be. And he was making proper runs again. He didn't look uncomfortable, like he did before the international break. Even when he was playing, didn't look like he was ready to be playing. And now, 
he looked fine and he was making as you say the runs he wasn't getting that much service but he just looked bright he was, he was very handy when he when he got the ball it's just uh, it's good man management isn't it just yeah. to just to manage him we don't we don't need him picking up any more knocks because then you, you, you fear sort of who's going to come on and play I think we've struggled um, getting goals since he's been out of the team I mean Murphy's yeah. come in and scored a few but now he's out as well so you've just got to be you've got to be wise in that that was the sort of game where we had the luxury where we could just say you've done your job you've got the goal um, we're, we're playing it, a team that we should comfortably beat and there's, there's no point risking you um, sort of burnout. you may as well just sort of get get you out of there and, and get you sort of uh, you've, you've got 60 minutes on your belt and just yeah. look on I think as you said Dogger, he's, he's done two things he's, he's brought some key players off early to get them rested up for the next game, but he's also given players who might also need to play on Wednesday a good run out, a proper like half an hour. Yeah, for play. So on that, that note, Atsu, Atsu had his Atsu and Perez had their most like. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of or both of them start on Wednesday because they, they were given a long enough stint in that game to kind of say right. If you wouldn't be surprised that one of them both of them start, it would suggest that he hasn't taken other players off <laughs> for a rest. They would it. I think you'll. I think you'll stick with the main lads. So I'll, I'll open up. Sorry, do you think? Do you think we'll see a very similar team on Wednesday? Maybe an unchanged team, bar maybe Hayden. And I thought I thought Big Grant did excellent again. No, no complaints <laughs> from the man from Dun- Why Dumfries. Is he Big Grant, because he's a twenty-five-year-old man who looks about fifty. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a couple. There was a couple of points where he he sort of didn't react with balls. There was like bouncing long bouncing balls to him where he didn't sort of take the initiative and come and attack the ball, and it caused a couple of issues. One where they. They were claiming for a penalty where he's sort of the, the the striker's got his hands all over him. He's got his hands all over the, the striker, and they're just backing into Darlow. And you think, well, what the hell's going yeah. on? Here? Yeah. But um, but other than that, there were some other moments where he, he just came in, just just cleared the ball out of play, and did exactly what you expect. Um, I don't know though. I just the, the goal was a bit poor from. I mean, I suppose he there wasn't really a lot he could do because no, no. the the defenders running the, other, the sorry the strikers running the other way and yeah, takes H- the ball H- completely away from yeah, him. Yeah. So Hanley Hanley wasn't at fault for that, but Lascelles. As you say, it's been done fairly easily with a little Megs, which was nice play from the the striker. But you just think Lascelles has got it. Just put be be more proactive and just yeah. If but like back the, get on. back the Wednesday. But anyway, <laughs> so do, do, do you think? I, so I just I, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I I still can't. I don't understand why Mbemba can't get a game. But that's we've said that loads of times. I think he'll just stick with them too because obviously trust them both. They've done nothing wrong really in that game to to warrant getting. Dr- Getting dropped, so I think he, I, I think you'll stick with exactly the same eleven, and um, and, I, I and then I think Perez might subs. get a game. He, as you say, look bright, but the army seems to run himself absolutely ragged, and then whether or not you can, he'll be fully fit again because Rafa does seem to go on who looks sharpest in training. He, he often yeah. he spends more time talking about who's training well yeah. than, than most other managers. So I think that's a big. A big factor in who starts a game is is if they look bright and sharp on the on the Tuesday in training. So um, Perez is always always you know seems to be working hard, ready to take another chance if he gets it. So he might get a game. Gufran, Gufran and Atsu I think are interchangeable at the minute. Gufran works really hard. He's he's kind of the goal scorer and goal creating side of his game's gone gone a bit quiet recently, but. Um, there's, no, there's no doubt that Dummett is a better player when he's got Gufran in front of him. Definitely. Um, I think. I think we just don't need that against Burton potentially. Wednesday. Listen, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because it would be mental to change things like with seven games to go. Yeah. But I think it would be like it would appease a lot of fans if we, if we lined up Lazar and Atsu on that left hand side <laughs> yeah. against Burton Albion. 
Um, I hope it doesn't happen. I would support the lads if it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what what we're doing right now works. Um, I've got so much more time for Lazar after the uh, after the flags <laughs> quiz stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's got great patter, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Paul Dummett, when we're against a team like Burton, and if we're actually playing the game in their half and attacking, he can get forward and contribute. Yeah. It's like the fun. goal, the second goal yesterday was a great ball for Gufran, who fucked yeah, it up, but yeah. cracking ball in across the floor. Yeah. Could have gone error, could have gone back post, and we've ended up, not for anything Paul did, but like <laughs> ended up scoring. <laughs> <laughs> he was still there putting the right ball in for Gufran, so fair play to him for that. Um, yeah, against Burton Albion, I, I can see why Atsu might get a chance and why Perez might get chances because it, it doesn't need to be a hard a hard graph game, but as you say, there's no yeah. reason to change anything because we'll win, win a matches. Yeah, and I think um, Hayden's return long overdue. Well, he might not start, he might not be ready to start, but it would be great to see him back alongside. Least, I was going to say, at least he's back, and I think he's um, he's a more positive player, which I think we've, we've missed a little bit in some games. And it's just good to have that that option again, the two of them. Um, obviously, there's, there's games where it might suit Colback a bit more, but I, I'm generally, I mean, I've, I've sort of maintained all along throughout the season, my, my sort of starting two would be Shelby and, and Hayden. So it's good to see him back. Yeah, and um, on to Wednesday then, uh, are, you, are you both expecting three points? I mean, Burton, Burton being, in, apart from a 5-3 mental home defeat to Brentford, uh, they've been on a great run of form, you I know, mean, I think just, they were 4 just 5 beaten, just beat Huddersfield with 10 men. Um, do, do you think it's a harder game than maybe than maybe some people are giving them credit for? Do you think, nah, we're top of the league, we're, we're steaming ahead for promotion, we should be beating Burton at home? We, we should be beating them, but it's, it's still going to be a tough game, I mean... They're, they're, they're a bit like the Wigan they're not going to come out and have a go where they're going to keep things as, as tight as they can and they're not going to be committing anyone forward so we're not going to be under any sort of danger I don't I don't think I, I mean we're not going to it's not as if we're, we're going to struggle um, defensively but it's just going to be difficult it's going to be another game where we, we need to be patient and I think the fans need to be aware that we're, we're not going to score 4-5 or five maybe I mean Things could click and the team could have a perfect performance, and that happens. But I'm not expecting that from sort of they're they're in in form. I mean, I imagine they they'll have played the similar they'll have played the same game plan against Huddersfield and it worked. So I think we've got to be careful not to be sort of too arrogant in terms of thinking we're going to smash them. But the weird thing is, is the way that Rafa sets us up, it can lead to a four nil or five nil if you get a goal early enough. Mm-hmm. It opens the game up, but until that first goal comes, it's just like you know, plain sensible. Like, mm-hmm. be patient. Don't don't overdo it. Don't give them a chance to nick a goal, which then makes things really awkward. Mm-hmm. To, you know, be be patient, build up the play, control the game. Let them tire themselves out by chasing you around, chasing shadows. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it could just click, as you say. We could get a goal in the first five minutes, which forces them to do something. And as soon as that happens, we'll, our superiority will show. But so it can go either way. As you say, though, I'm, I'm expecting to see another another hard hard fought win with one or two goals in it. Yeah, and I think Burton would would love a point. I mean, I think their next few games are like they've got like Ipswich and someone else rubbish. They've got Villa, Ipswich, like just loads of like average mid table teams mm-hmm. with nothing to play for. So yeah. they've already got three more points than they probably thought they would from these two games. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll be a free. I think it might make them even more defensive. Because, oh, def- I mean, if they, if they can get a point like, out of this, it's. Ma- I mean, every point they can collect from this point on is massive. So they're, they're not going to be thinking, oh. I mean, as you said, I mean the, the the term free game obviously gets used a lot, and it doesn't really exist. But I think, as you say, the fact that they've already got three points on the board, if they were looking at 
sort of what they expect out of these two games. I think they'll have t- like bit your hand off for two points out of these two games. So the fact they've already got three, I think it, it gives them that sort of encouragement that obviously if they've, they've nicked a, a game like that, they're not going to be worried about coming out and having to score against where they're going to be happy to sit and just sit, wait and see what happens. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're obviously, we've, we've had some mares. I mean, the, the Blackburn game springs to mind where we've dominated a game for so long and then they've, they've nicked one towards the end. Um, so, I mean, they'll, I, I don't, it's it's like we've seen it a few times this season where I think it was the Birmingham game you were saying where you were expecting them to come out and have a go yeah. and they just didn't, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I think there's, there's so many teams in this league that they're just, they're happy for a point. They don't care. They're, they're not, it's not like the Premier League where teams think, right, we've got to, we've, we've sort of battened down the hatches for 75, 70, 75 minutes. We're going to go and have a go now that they've sort of tied themselves out. They're just like, nah, we're just going to stick to what we've been doing for the 70 minutes it worked and we're, we're just going to sort of, we're happy to take the point. So, um, I think, I don't think it's, as you, I mean, as Sai says, I think an early goal would be brilliant because um, obviously I think that will completely change their game plan. But the longer it goes on is nil-nil or that they're still in the game, that's going to just be more encouragement for them to, to stick with their game plan. The goal before half-time with 36 minutes, whatever we got on yesterday, was important for the, so the idiots, you know, at half-time would have been booing, would have been, <laughs> Thought the, I thought the crowd stayed pretty much on side yesterday, actually. Um, you know, people streaming out with 10 minutes to go, five minutes to go, despite it being 2-1, is the norm for modern yeah. football. But the, the, um, the crowd was fine, the, the individuals... I mean, that obviously was shit, yeah. but there was no, like, Negativity. you know, there's fa- fairly, well, I wouldn't say none, but the yeah, broad... the individual the, idiots are still there, but yeah. it wasn't, like, kind of mass groans or yeah, big, yeah. like, big kick-offs or... I think, looking at Burton, I mean, it's a great... Like, I said, be true, Faith, previously, I said on the podcast... We should be taking six points from these games. Um, it would just be a massive statement of intent. Like if we, because I think Brighton will beat Birmingham. I mean, Brighton laboured against Blackburn um, yesterday. I think Brighton will beat Birmingham at home. On is it Birmingham they've got? Yeah, it is. If we could just like be right, okay, we're on it now. Two wins in a row. First time we've won back-to-back home games in the space of a week in however many years. We've settled this one. We're going to Sheffield on eighty-four points. Knowing that realistically, it's it's two more wins from the from the last six games. It'll take what up should allow it to play with a freedom against Chef Wedding Leeds. Um, and then if we, I mean, if we beat Leeds and get to ninety, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. That's another three wins in a row. But if we were to beat Leeds with ninety points, what a good Friday that would be. Um, and that would be like a real kind of you know the rest of the season we might play with. You might see a different Newcastle with a lot a lot a lot of the pressure taken off. Um, <laughs> so predictions, lads. Um, I think we'll win 2-0 2-0 to United I'm going to say 3-0 with two goals in like the last five minutes <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just be optimistic and say 4-0 because there's a few teams with, who've deserved hammerings lately um, who've got away with it like, you know, like so Birmingham and stuff like that so what a surprise three three uh, wins <laughs> predicted <laughs> on our Space Mountains, Mountains will be doing this fucking nothing um <laughs> Uh, right, that's that's just <laughs> that just about does it. Um, lads, have I missed anything? No, no. Okay, we will be back for you. Uh, probably anyone knows a Chef Wed fan, give us a shout. That will be good. We back. We'll do the Chef Wed preview um, and maybe do one on the on the car on the way back. If any of you are driving, I don't know if anyone fancies oh, driving the match on Wednesday. Oh yeah, I'll, you'll be driving. I'll, well, I'll be. Yeah, probably. So we'll do a podcast on the way back from Burton, and then um, probably the next one we'll do after that will be 
the Monday after Chef Wed will do quite a long one because the promotion picture should be a lot clearer by then. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks to everyone who's left positive reviews recently. Appreciate that on iTunes. And thanks for the constructive uh, feedback as well. Yeah, some of the criticism. <laughs> <laughs> it's all all uh, welcomed. And um, we are now. I'm now going to leave you with the chat between me and our Burton Albion fan. So Martin, fantastic result yesterday um, for both for us and for for you. More importantly, um, what yeah. did did you see that one coming? Did you see yourselves picking up all three points at a place like Huddersfield? No, in all honesty, no. Um, I looked at all the fixtures um, on Saturday and looking at looking at it on on paper, I I expected everyone to lose, including us, and um, possibly Forest and a point which they did so I expected no real change obviously getting the goal in the 96 minutes was a massive boost for us going into, obviously going into the game for Wednesday and um, yeah it was it was just unbelievable I, cu- I couldn't believe it I don't think anyone could believe it um, so yeah massive absolutely massive yesterday that was for us nice well obviously I think it puts you four points clear of yeah. um, of the teams or, or, or Blackburn anyway and a, yeah, a few points yeah. clear of a couple of Bristol City and Forest. When we last yeah. spoke, you were you were firmly kind of um, in the relegation scrap in the relegation zone back in yeah. December. Has ha, has there been a, an upturn in fortune since January? Is it or was it, you know did you buy well in January? Well, maybe was that something that's helped the club um, tremendously? Yeah, we, we we got a couple of players in from Fulham, um, Christensen and uh, Corley Woodbright, and um, they they were been massive assets for us um, scoring some vital goals for us um, we also got uh, Luke Varney in in December, uh, January as well um, unfortunately got injured very early on so he's only just recently come back um, but yeah I mean they've been to we've turned it around Michael Kitely got on loan from Burnley as well um, he's been he, I know he's been out recently with a bit of injury himself but he scored a couple of vital goals as well for us and um, we went on a six or seven game unbeaten run, uh, which was culminated just before the uh, international break when we that crazy game against Brentford, absolutely insane game against Brentford. Um, uh, and I thought, oh no, here we go again. <laughs> just when a result started going against, especially when Bristol beat Huddersfield uh, on the Friday beforehand, four 0 That was a result out of nowhere. And then all the games earlier on were going against us as well um, and then to lose like that to Brentford <laughs> I just <laughs> thought oh no is this going to be the um, uh, start of a downward spiral but yesterday brilliant <laughs> so yeah I mean it's been it's been it's been a decent decent run unfortunately as you know in this league uh, everyone else seems to do it at the same time don't they <laughs> as you were probably well aware from your experiences in the when you've been up and yo-yoed up and down a few times in the last over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what you've mentioned, January there was maybe the biggest signing that you made, or or or, or thing that you kept was. Oh, I think, like, was, I think all th- I think all three of them coming in um, gave us an injection. Uh, certainly helped us go on that six seven game unbeaten run. But do you think it was possibly more important than any of that was keeping hold of the manager who could have gone to Forest? Um. It was a bit divided. Um, if you'd have read the, if you'd have read our uh, the Facebook forums, um, people were going, "Well, 
if he goes, he'd be mad to go under the uh, Forest uh, chairman. Um, but we could understand why he'd go because of the law with his dad and everything like that. He used to play there. Um, I think it has helped stability. Um, I don't know if we had anyone lined up in case he did decide to go. Um, you'd have to have the chairman. Um, but I think it's helped keep stability, definitely. Would, would the players have come in if Cluffy had gone? Who knows? We don't know. Um, I think it's helped. I personally didn't want him to go. And, um, yeah, so I, th- I think it was a huge plus that he's actually stayed. Great. And, you know, in terms of the fan base there, you mentioned what, you know, on the forums and stuff like that. Are people very optimistic now about surviving um, with the, with the little cushion you've got? Yes, um, I think it's more. I think if, it, if um, I think we were hoping for a point yesterday. But obviously, now we've got the four point cushion. Obviously, Rotherham went yesterday. Um, your your boys beating Wigan helped us no end. Um, so I think we all think that two of the spaces have already gone. We we think Wigan can't. Won't be able to turn it round with seven games to go. Um, so now, with a four point gap, ten points over Wigan, we, we now are beginning to think yes, it's we're on, we're on, we're on. I think um, the next two games, if we get anything, I mean, none of us expect to get anything out of Newcastle. Be honest, we don't. Um, but you never know, we never thought we'd get anything out of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we spoke a little bit about it in in December when we last spoke. But how important is it that you you stay up this season, um, considering the success that you had last season and, and coming straight up? Um, yeah. You know, is, is, is it kind of? Do you think that maybe staying up is 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 uh, is, is crucial to the future of the club? I know you've got a good chairman, so I don't mean in terms of. Financially, but I just mean is is growing the fan base and that kind of thing. Or do you think that, you know, what if you went back down, you think you'd come straight back up? Oh, that's a good question. Um, but if you look at if you look at Doncaster, they're on the brink of uh, they came they went down last season and they're on the brink of going straight back up. I think they only need two points to confirm it. Um, that's from that's from League One to League Two. Uh, that yeah, uh, yeah. So um, oh, so. Um, Will we come straight back up from League One? Ugh. Good question. Um, considering we weren't expecting to go up from League last season, I think we'd be in good stead. But whether we'd be able to hold on to some, to some players, I mean, Jackson Irvine, I think we'd, we'd lose him in a heartbeat. Um, the two guys from Fulham, I think, would get recalled. Um, pretty certain. I don't think uh, Carly would stay. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, I think I think now now we won since we won yesterday and I think the optimism has greatly returned. I, I think um, I think now I think going down maybe every I think it would be more of a disappointment if we went down. Um, if if we still went down, it probably wouldn't be so much. Everyone expects us expected us to go down at the start of the season. Probably even some Albion fans expected it. We weren't expected to stay up. Um, I think if we went down now with the cushion, we've got uh, seven games to go. Obviously, this league is an absolutely crazy league, so anything can happen. Um, 
it might be more disappointing than anything else now we've got the gap yeah yeah and you're looking at the fixtures that you've got left I mean I think it's 50 points normally I, I, I think there's only about one team that's gone down on, on 50 points or more in the championship um, yeah so 50 do you, do you think it's just a, a case of two more wins and looking at your fixtures ahead do you think you've got have you identified those two games um So we'll move, we'll move on to the game this Wednesday. I, I remember when we spoke last time you were gutted it was um, midweek. <laughs> yeah. Because you thought you might have brought a, few, you know, a couple of thousand down, up even. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, are you are you able to make it to the game or are you just going to have to listen yeah. to the radio? Yeah, I've uh, got, uh, got the Wednesday and Thursday off, um, driving, up, uh, driving up with some of the lads uh, Wednesday morning, getting to Newcastle, we were thinking about one ish. Uh, spending the afternoon in Newcastle and then making the game a few days afterwards. Ah, oh, nice one. Sounds like not, not a bad uh, midweek trip. Is it your first yeah. time to the city in the football ground? Uh, yes, it's the first time I've Obviously, you're probably a little bit more confident than you would have been after, you know, before yesterday. Yes. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, we've got the potential of losing all of our central defenders. I don't know if you've uh, read about it. He's, he's been dumped. Well, he's been dumped for um, using racial language. Racial, racial language. I don't know if you. No, I hadn't heard that. No, that's mental. Oh, sorry. That I hadn't heard that. No, that that's a surprise. Yeah, and um, thank. Uh, ben Turner when um, we played uh, Brentford back in December um, the guy who well the guy who allegedly said it against tried to break his leg quite clearly he went for and tried to break his leg and um, I think the Brentford players have used that they said, said he said it just to cover up the uh, tackle that's my opinion yeah. <laughs> not, not, not any one of the leagues but um, yeah, potentially we've lost into five games. We start, which will start Wednesday. And is, is, that, is he a big blow? Is he one of your better defenders? He's, yeah, he's a, Burton are bringing up on Wednesday? Um, well, last I um, checked, the official coaches were three, definitely three sold. Um, I haven't heard about the unofficial coaches, um, but I'm assuming there will be at least one, one, maybe two. It all depends on how many people have got the time off work yeah. and 
stuff. Obviously, it's a long trek up there. Uh, not expected back till one or one in the morning, depending on traffic, of course. And um, so, obviously, people have got to have at least a day and a half off to get up there. Um, and whether they can get them off, that's why we're all good to do. It's a Wednesday, not a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, well, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping three or four hundred will make it up there. Right. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a Wednesday. I mean, we. We tend to get about fifty one, fifty two thousand from it yeah. for, for Saturday games, but I, I, I'm expecting a much lower crowd on um, on Wednesday for, for whatever yeah. reason, probably about forty five, forty six thousand. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so do you want to do you want to give us your prediction now, one? Um, well, if we can, if we park the bus, we might get a draw. But realistically, I'm expecting I'm expecting Dwight Gale to come back at home to like a bit of bit of our place. Um, so I'm expecting I'm expecting 2-0 Newcastle if we're lucky we might get a goal, goal late on as a consolation but realistically I'm, I'm expecting 2-0 Newcastle yeah alright Martin yeah. thanks Thanks again for joining me Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from Movement whether your mom is into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.